All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Face Off Live, your go to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Welcome into a November 8th edition of Daily Face Off Live, as always presented by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. As always, we are streaming, streaming live on the Daily Face Off YouTube, where we are looking for inbox questions. Drop them in with the hashtag AskDFO. And as always, I'm joined by my boy, Hockey Insider Frank Saravalli. How's it going, Frank? Uh, pretty, pretty good, Tyler. A lot happening in the last 24 hours. A lot to dive into. And we're going to park the Jack Campbell sent to the minors because there's been so much happening. And never mind so much happening just with that, but also just in the province of Alberta, a lot going on. And that is actually where we are going to start. Stephen Ellis is going to pop by a little bit later in the show, but let's dig in to some big stories from around the league. Jonathan Huberto, Frank, it was supposed to be a new Hubie in Calgary. You know, Flames fans really hadn't gotten to know him yet. And then last night we get this visual. Uh, Huberto sitting on the end of the bench doesn't get a shift in the third period as he sits with his head between his legs uh, right up near the glass there. It's an ugly, ugly visual. And then you pair that with what head coach Ryan Huska had to say after the game. And it's not great. Before I get your thoughts on it, I wanted to play Huska's comments because I think they're important. Let's run that. What went into that decision? Um, I, I, I thought Hubie had an off night. And when we went into the third period, we wanted to try to get a little bit more flow. And we went with the guys we felt were going. Uh, and that's pretty much all it came down to. How did he take that? He's, he's fine. Like I'm, it's not anything anybody wants to go through ever, but hey, at times it's going to happen. You're, you're not going to have your A-plus game every night. And as I said, we are trying to find a little bit of a rhythm and um, flow to our, our game. And, and at that point, we went with the guys we thought were, were going the best. Was it, was it an effort thing at all, or was it just no, not it's just, 
yes, off night. You know, it happens. Frank, my point here is going to be, sure, off night. Also, that's not even his lowest time on ice from his last five games. Or sorry, it's his second lowest time on ice from his last five games. He's only hit the 20-minute mark twice in his last 10 games. This is not an isolated incident. Jonathan Huberto is in a very big rut. He is, and I think just looking at his body language, you can tell how down he is. You can tell, uh, really, just looking at that one visual, how low his confidence is. And I feel kind of for everyone involved here, Ryan Huska, this is his first year on the job as an NHL head coach. I'm sure the last thing he wants to do is staple an $84 million player to the bench, but he's got an obligation to the rest of his team who, by the way, happens to probably feel the best about themselves this season that they could after Tuesday night. A well-earned win, their second in a row. They really, the process was there getting to that point. Certain guys are starting to feel a little bit better. Nazem Kadri riding a four-game scoring streak now. And all of a sudden, you're looking at this and you go, well, how do we fix this? What's the way out of this? I can't imagine long-term that putting Jonathan Huberto on the bench or some have sort of advocated and, and, and said on social media I've seen, make him a healthy scratch for a night. I don't really know what either one of those things are going to accomplish for a player in the first year of an eight-year contract. Obviously, it hasn't fit, and they've got to try and find a solution here to pick up the pieces and put this all back together because it has, it seems like, gotten to the point where it's unraveled a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that eight-year deal just kicking in with Sutter gone and Huska in. I mean, when we talked or when you talked with Huberto down in Calgary in training camp, I mean, he was all smiles. And and I think that led to a lot of people thinking, hey, the Flames are finally getting their $10 million guy here. He's just still nowhere close to it. I think you're right. Like, where do you go from here? Because I don't. I'm, I agree with you. I don't think healthy scratching the guy does anything. Maybe you just got to try play him 24 minutes a night for a two or three game stretch and see if he gets his feel back. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the next alternative here is to play him until the wheels fall off. I, it seems like they've tried a lot of different line combinations. It seems like, you know, they've tried everything they could to get him heading in the right direction. Um, it's clear that not just the production hasn't been there, but from an eye test perspective, hasn't been really impactful. And, that's a tough spot to be in when you're wearing that pressure and you can see it on him. You can hear the players, his teammates post game, try and pick him up saying, look, it's one period of a really long and to this point, impressive career. How do you get this going again? You mentioned the flames as a team though, obviously feeling good down to nothing to Nashville. They rattle off four goals. One of them was an empty netter. They get a big win and they'll look to keep momentum rolling on Friday when they head to Toronto to face the Maple Leafs. Another team that got a win last night, Frank. And you know, I don't know if the San Jose sharks are sitting there feeling good this morning, but certainly it's got to feel like some sort of a weight has come off their shoulders as they finally go out and get their first win of the season. Not to rain on their one win parade though. This feels I mean, this feels like the only way they're going to win games, all right? They get caved. The Flyers are all over them. But Mackenzie Blackwood stands on his head, and they get a couple of timely goals. So I don't know if this should inspire confidence in anyone, but hey, they got to win. Look, the Sharks are never going to be inspiring confidence in anyone this season, but enjoy the feeling while it lasts. I mean, what they did is avoided going down in history as 
the first team in the modern era to have 12 straight losses to open a season. There's been a couple other teams that have gotten close for whatever reason. They've all ended at 11 games in the modern era. In 2018, it was the Arizona Coyotes. They actually beat the Flyers with some of these same guys uh, still in the lineup, including Sean Couturier. Um, and then 2022, the Coyotes also opened with 11 straight losses. They win in their 12th game. For whatever reason, no one kind of goes beyond that number. I don't know why it is, but particularly the way the Sharks arrived at this point, having given up 10 goals in back-to-back -back games, that was a crazy total, something we hadn't seen since 1965. Their GM comes down, Mike Greer, a pretty mild-mannered guy, and reads them the riot act on Monday, and they get their act together on Tuesday night against Philly. I think watching social media was maybe the best part about this game because everyone's like, look what you've done. Now you've let the Oilers back in, and they can come in and trounce the Sharks, who will go back to their old ways on Thursday. Not entirely sure that's the case or even how it works, but still, um, the Flyers are now connected to the Sharks, you know, sort of record that could have been, and the Sharks feel a little bit better about themselves now getting three points. And oh, by the way, not to rub it in or anything, but the Sharks can tie the Oilers in the standings on Thursday night. Don't. That, that's bad stuff, Frank. Oilers fans are going to come at you for even putting that into the universe. Uh, just a bigger picture question here on the Sharks. It comes from Jeremiah over on the YouTube chat. He wants to know, what do you think could happen with Logan Couture this year when he's finally healthy? I mean, what could happen is he needs to come back and play, and yeah. then we'll see. Um, I mentioned this the other day, and this is what really makes the Sharks situation that much tougher is They've got Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, and both of these guys make $8 million or more on the cap. There's only going to be room for one of them to move on because the Sharks are going to have to retain or pay a really big price to get one of them to move on. And they only have one retained salary transaction slot left after using the first two on Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. And that's not just for this season. It's also till the end of their contract. So they're kind of in a tough spot. It's like at some point, one of these guys or both, I'm sure, are going to raise their hand and say, look, it's been great here, but I can't go through this anymore. I want out. And they're only going to have room for one of them. I think there's probably going to be more interest just age perspective-wise on Hurdle than Couture. And that puts the captain in a tough spot. Yeah, it does. You mentioned uh, the years left on those retained salaries. One more year after this one for Brent Burns. Three more years after this one for Eric Carlson. Uh, let's head out east here, Frank. Last night, the big story came in Pittsburgh as Penguins goalie Tristan Jari went down and ultimately left the game against the Anaheim Ducks with an injury. A guy who at times has really struggled to stay healthy in his career. And he, I know he had a couple of blips this season, but he looked good in that Penguins crease. And he's a big, big key to them turning this thing around. Penguins currently sitting dead last in their division. If this is long-term, Frank, I, I really wonder if the Pens are going to be able to survive this. Well, survive, I guess, is a relative term. Yeah, I mean, sure. this what it does is puts a lot of pressure on, it for the time being, Magnus Helberg to come in and really try and get this team back on track. Um, there's no question the Pens have struggled. I think watching some of these other teams, uh, particularly with more expectations like the Oilers, like the Flames, 
with more attention around them. You know, the the Sharks have been such a big story so far. The Sens have been talked about a lot. People haven't really brought up the fact too often that the Pittsburgh Penguins are carrying up the rear of the Metropolitan Division. And it's not just the teams that they have in front of them. It's what's their path for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year to suddenly turn it around. Christian, Tristan Jari would be a big part of that in terms of, hey, we need consistent goaltending from a guy that needs to be in the lineup. And, you know, we say all the time, um, dependability and reliability specifically at this position is one of the best abilities that you can have as a, as a goaltender. And that's been a big question mark for Jari. And I think was a big reason why giving him the term that they did this past summer was a huge risk. Um, so now they're going to find out what the severity of this injury is, how long he's going to be out. And in the meantime, the rest of the pens need to get it going. Yeah, they, they really do because that division, like it, it's not going to let up all season. When you look at some of the teams in front of them, the flyers look like they're just going to be a scrappy bunch for all 82. I think the blue jackets are a team that maybe some people were sleeping on coming into the year. And then the top of that division. Rangers looking like a wagon, Canes, Devils, like this is a, this is all, I mean, they're only whatever, three points back of the Islanders, but still with that division going to be as tight as it is with the existence of the loser point, like you can't run the risk of a five game slide here with Jari out of the lineup. So be interesting. Well, not, not only that, but then you start to ask some more existential questions yeah. like, oh, you got Eric Carlson for three more years beyond this one at 10 million bucks. Jeff Carter's already a healthy scratch. Yeah, he's in the last year of his deal. What do you do with some of the other pieces that you have that you have locked up long-term and you can't really go anywhere, begin to turn this over into something different? Yeah, it's tough. Tough with a number of contracts, no movement clauses and things like that. Complicated even more. So not an enviable position if the Penguins can't turn this thing around. Uh, speaking of big picture, Frank, you have an interesting story coming out about team valuations in the NHL. And you have an interesting kind of graph that, that, that goes along with the whole thing as well. And if we could blow it up a little bit, thank you to get a better look at it. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs leading the way, that is not exactly the most surprising thing. But where I wanted to go with this, Frank, was valuations and the number of a billion dollars. You see the Ottawa Senators somewhat close to the bottom of this graph. And there are a handful of teams that are valued above them, but still valued below a billion. Well, the Senators just sold for $950 million. So is it safe to say that even if the valuation maybe isn't there, that like 90% of NHL clubs, if they were to actually go to market and go for sale, would hit that billion dollar mark? Yeah, I mean, what the send sale does is really sets a floor for NHL franchise values. I mean, it's not very long ago that they were considered one of the least valuable teams in the league and you see them go for close to a billion dollars. The big news from Sportico today, who does these valuations, is that in one year's time, from last November till now, NHL franchise values have increased by a staggering 31%. That's an incredible number year over year, and it's powered by the Send sale and the sale of the Pittsburgh Penguins and you know, soon to be completed, the sale of the Nashville Predators, things have really ratcheted up. And when maybe the best part about all of this for the NHL, if you're looking at it from a, you know, sort of macro level is even these gaudy numbers that you're seeing on the screen. And I just posted the story at dailyfaceoff.com. 
is these numbers might be light. You know, yeah. you see that the Montreal Canadiens are listed as 2.27 billion. Well, Michael Anlauer, the new owner of the Sens, he sold his 10% stake for a reported 2.5 billion. So yeah, sometimes slivers of teams go for less than the total package. But the point being here, there's a really small collection of North American pro sports franchises. And there's a lot of billionaires out there that want to be part of the club and see immense value, not just in the team property itself, but from a pure content perspective, live sports are the best reality show out there. They draw the best numbers on TV and in social media. Everyone wants a piece of that. And there's also real estate plays and tax shelters and a lot of different things that come into play. But the point being, NHL franchise values are not just the highest they've ever been. This is probably the biggest year-over-year -year increase that we've ever seen, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. So it's some fascinating information today from Sportico. So it's very easy to go from this to a conversation about the E-word, Frank, expansion. When you see how much an NHL franchise is worth, you kind of all of a sudden start to understand why maybe the league's not sitting there itching a little bit going, Ooh, two more teams get 850, 900 mil each in expansion fees. It's way uh, more than that. It, more the number that. already was starting at a billion. And I'll tell you this, uh, when you see the, the Golden Knights go for 500, the Seattle Kraken go for 650, depending on how like long this goes, meaning two years into the future, three years into the future, I think that number creeps up and is closer to 2 billion than it is to one. Uh, that's how rapidly these franchises are gaining in value. And for a league that doesn't have to share expansion fees with players, this is money that purely goes into owners' pockets. And that's really kind of the big reason you add another team, you get each team gets cut a check, you increase the size of your revenue pool by virtue of adding another team, another TV market. All those things begin to pile up and it becomes. A hard thing to say no to. Yeah, and that's an excellent flip side to, to the point is, okay, think how rapidly it's grown since Vegas. What if you waited another 5, 10 years? In 10 years from now, could franchises 33 and 34 not be worth $3 billion? Like, you, you just don't know, right? Like, it could just keep going. Yeah, I think these numbers, like I said, are, are light. I think if you were to actually put the Toronto Maple Leafs up for sale... I have a hard time believing that the actual franchise itself goes for less than four, the whole thing for $4 billion. All right. We are running a little bit behind and we have a really good big segment today. So let's move along to the next wave with Stephen Ellis. The next wave is brought to you by DoorDash. You can make DoorDash your holiday hack over the next five, six weeks here. As you get ready to host that big dinner, that big holiday party, you can rely on DoorDash to get groceries and more delivered right to your door. And for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25, all caps on NATION. Always a pleasure to welcome Stephen Ellis back to the program. And he's got a big story. His latest draft rankings is up now at dailyfaceoff.com. And I want to start at the top, Stephen. Take us through your top five for the 2024 NHL draft. Well, we got to start with Macklin Celebrini. He's been my number one all season long. And I don't see that changing right now. Like when we look at last year, Adam Fantilli had one of the best NCAA freshman seasons we've ever seen. 
Celebrini's on pace to surpass that. And with Celebrini, in his case, he had to fast track to get himself to this point because with Fantilli, he was an 04 and an 05 draft. So he was one of the older players. But Celebrini, he's an 06 in the 06 draft. Again, it's crazy we're talking about 06 born players. But he's been just unbelievable, likely going to get close to 70 points this year. Just unbelievable. Cole Iserman, a lot of people have kind of pushed him out of the number two slot. I'm not willing to do that because you do not get guys who could shoot the puck like him. I think one of the concerns is there's times where he's kind of just floating around the ice. But this is a guy who's on pace to maybe get 80 goals this year with the U.S. National Development Team, something nobody has done. Jack Hughes did and Cole Caulfield. Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel couldn't come close to that. So that'd be exciting. Ivan Demidov out of Russia, you know, Kucherov's name gets brought up a lot when talking about Demidov and just the way he kind of can shoot the puck also, control the play, and look at how good Kucherov's playing, obviously, right now. Uh, with Demidov, he is hurt right now, so we, we'll have to wait to see him kind of get back. But he's he's kind of the word to explain him is he can be a hero. He can be the guy that goes out there and just takes over a game. And I love players like that. Artem Levshunov, a big defenseman out of Michigan state university, a guy with a six foot two frame that can move. You know, there's a lot of comparisons to David Reinbacher last year, but talking to scouts, a lot said that Levshunov, if he was available for last year's draft would have been the first defenseman taken. So uh, there's some big praise there. And then there's Sam Dickinson out of London, just, if you get a chance to watch him in person, he's the real deal. NHL caliber shot uh, just can be an absolute dominant force in the blue line. Doesn't let players get to his uh, net any six foot three. And one other name I'll kind of mention out there, because uh, if you're thinking world juniors, like I am literally at all times, Kansa Hellenius might be the, the most notable guy here in the top 10 that could be playing at the world juniors. He had a great game this morning. I've already watched five hockey games now today. Um, but he had a two-point game for Finland's U-20 team. Already looks like a potential top six guy, and he was at number six for me. All right, so I'm going to go out on a limb here, Stephen. I'm going to say that when it's all said and done, Lane Hudson in in all of the redrafts will be somewhere in the top five when these NHL careers are over. Tremendous prospect at BU for the Montreal Canadiens. Another case of team scouting by tape measure. He has... Six goals in seven games this year on the back end for BU. But his brother Cole, also a defenseman, is eligible for this year's draft. How do these two brothers compare? So I had Lane Hudson in the top 10 of that draft. So he should have gone significantly higher than where he did. But when it comes to Cole Hudson, uh, you know, he's very similar to his brother. Uh, in one key aspect, though, unfortunately, which is defensive play. I kind of think that Lane Hudson would be significantly better if he just moved forward at this point. He can obviously shoot. He's got the speed, but his defensive game could be an absolute disaster. We have seen that at points of Cole Hudson, but I'd say he's probably better defensively at this same age. He's also five foot ten. When Lane was at the same age, he was five foot eight. So there's a bit of a size difference, and you can tell Cole is not afraid to get a little physical. Very good power play. And realistically, just kind of watching the two side by side, tape by tape, it's they're, they, they do so much of the same thing with the puck. So it'll be interesting to see if Cole can kind of continue focusing on his defensive play. It seems like that's a big focus. At one point, we were looking at maybe him setting the, the U.S. National Development Team record for points by defenseman, beating out Hutt, Lane Hudson, beating out Adam Fox to make that happen. But right now, it feels like there's a bit more of a focus on his two-way game. And I do like that he's you know not a complete liability in his own zone right now. I want to stick in the top 10 here. It's always kind of a cliche question when you look at these lists, but 
your biggest riser? Is there someone in the top 10 who was sitting maybe like 10, 20 spots below that before the season? Yeah, and that's Caden Lidstrom out of a medicine hat. He's six foot five, so he's a huge forward. You look at the numbers there, he's got 14 goals this year. He talking to a couple WHL defenders, uh, some that hated playing against Connor Bedard last year, saying that you know Lindstrom kind of brings the same fear, but in a slightly different way, and that is that he is so imposing. He's six foot five. You know, he's described as one of the nicest kids in the league, the guy that people love being friends with. But just the way he can go one-on-one with you and, and give you no space to work with is, is pretty terrifying. You put in that big shot and you see what's happening. And he's worked a lot with Gavin McKenna, who we've talked about on the show in the past, who's right now just ripping up the under-17 World Hockey Challenge as expected. But Lindstrom is a huge reason why Medicine Hat's one of the top teams to watch. It's just you got the speed, you got the, the size. And defensively this year, he's looked really good. So I think some of the flaws that made him maybe more of a late-round pick which was, you know, not using his speed all the time, not always throwing a big hit. Those are things that we've seen a bit more from him this year, and I love what we're seeing. Steven, I'm always curious, will there be a goalie taken in the first round? Your answer to that, and if so, who's the top goalie prospect this year? I'm saying no, but I think if there's going to be a guy that puts in a fight for that, it's Ryerson Leanders out of the Mississauga Steelheads. You're going to see his stats here. They don't look pretty, but the Mississauga's had a couple of really bad games in a row. At one point, it was a 7-1-0, and he was you know, greatest stats in the league by a long shot. Um, you see those two shutouts, and those were well-earned efforts from him. I got to watch both those games, and it just there are so many times this year where he is the best Mississauga Steelhead player by far. And this is a team that's wanting to compete for a championship this year. They got a good group. I expect they're going to make some more big moves, but he routine, routinely faces over 35 shots. A game seems to perform the better, the uh, better, the busier he is easy enough for me to say, but just, you know, Last year, there were points last year he'd allow a bad goal and it just looked like it deflated him. He wasn't able to bounce back and he had some rough performances. This year, he's a 17-year-old starter, starting goalie in the OHL. Not a big guy, so he's had to do kind of a lot of that heavy lifting this year and adjusting to this heavy workload, but he's looking great. He's been, again, probably the best goalie in the OHL this year. So uh, if anyone's got a good shot at going uh, in the first round as a goalie, it's him. Perfect. As always, Stephen, the next wave delivered by DoorDash was excellent. Promo code for DoorDash, Nation25 at the top of your screen. We'll chat again next week, man. Thanks, guys. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Giddy up, Frank. Let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. And you know we weren't going to avoid the Jack Campbell talk for the entire show. The question that comes in, has he played his last game as an oiler or do you think he's back at some point? The answer to that question lies solely with Jack Campbell. I think the plan is to get him a month-long run, eight, nine games in Bakersfield. And that kind of brings you to around December 1st. And if his game has rehabbed by that point, then I think the answer is, yeah, let's bring him back up and give him a try. There's a whole lot of salary cap reasons to do so. Parking, you know, almost $3.94 million buried in the minors. But if not, if his game continues to devolve, if he doesn't have the right approach or attitude there, then I don't think the Oilers are afraid to leave him there and or begin burning up the phone lines to try and move that contract uh, and pay a significant price to do so because that cap space is so valuable. But the reminder here is Jack Campbell was a very highly touted first-round pick and prospect who took a long time and had to go back to the AHL at varying points to find himself. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that away from the spotlight and the pressure, you know, you've reached rock bottom. Now the only way is up. Yeah. um, He's a guy who had a dominant preseason this year as well, led to a lot of hope around Oilers nation that Campbell was going to be back, but the pressure is on. Right. Yeah. The pressure gets on him and he seems to crumble. So that's why, I wonder if we're just going to get a month of dominate dominant hockey from him in the American League. Hype will build back up, but the big test will be obviously if he can do it in the NHL. Let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets, where Frank, you got a split yesterday. Attaboy. Way to fill in. Yeah, I got the old puck line, the Avs. I uh, figured they'd take care of the Devils, being pretty highly motivated after uh, getting walloped by the Golden Knights. And... You know, the Sharks, I was kind of feeling that over six and a half after giving up 10 in back-to-back games. Naturally, it ends up being a low-scoring two-to-one affair. That's how they get you. Uh, I am going to go with an over tonight over on Batano. There's a handful of teams in the league who, when I see them on the schedule, I'm automatically thinking over. It's the Lightning. It's the Sabres. The Sens and Leafs are also in that category, and they're playing each other tonight. The price is reflective of the fact that these two teams have been hammering the over so far this season. Minus 154, not a great payout. I'm taking this one anyways. I think the Sens and Leafs are going to have a high-scoring affair this evening, so give me the over there. And then a player prop for this game, the William Nylander shot prop, paying minus 133, considering he's hit it in five of his last six games and has been on a solid run. Even the last two times he's missed this, he's been at three shots. Like, this dude is firing the puck. Sens should give up a lot of shots tonight. I like Nylander over three and a half. Those are my two plays. Well, courtesy of Patano. The game starts now at patano.ca. Frank, before we get to garbage time, you got something? Yeah, just wanted to relay that uh, the NHL Department of Player Safety has fined Avs forward Ross Colton. Interestingly enough, for his cross-check on Timo Meyer, a lot of people were curious about his hit on Luke Hughes. Would that warrant some attention 
Apparently, the answer to that is no, but the ensuing cross-check, which got him the five-minute major and game misconduct, is what draws the $5,000 fine. I didn't love the hit on Luke Hughes. It was certainly a dangerous play. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up with a little bit of garbage time. It is brought to you by Wendy's and their bar- a whole new barbecue bacon at Cheeseburger and also the daily face-off Survivor game. Are you still alive this week? I'm out. I, I took Travis Konechny to score uh, last night, and that just didn't happen. He'd been a man on a heater. And again, the Sharks, I'm thinking, come on, you got a chance. Yeah. Uh, tonight, these are your options. Over, I'm out as well. I was out night one this week. Uh, what on. do I like in this one? I mean, the Oilers to get over one and a half power play goals. I know that's not until Thursday against the Sharks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that's a tough one, Frank. Uh, play along at Wendy's, or sorry, dailyfaceoff.com, courtesy of Wendy's. Uh, wrapping up the show with a little bit of garbage time, Frank. And how about this for a neat moment? Vinny Laterra scores his first goal in a Minnesota Wild jersey with his grandfather on the call. Let's take a listen. Off by Pajot. Boldy to Laterra. He yeah. fires, scores! And a fist pump upstairs as Vinny Letary has his first goal in a wild sweater. That's just, I mean, that's just unique, Frank. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, pretty awesome to see Lou Nanny uh, in the booth. It's certainly a one-off uh, kind of experience. And, um, you know, to see that, his, you know, Lou Nanny, absolute legend status yeah. in, in Minnesota hockey circles um, and NHL circles. And everyone kind of knows Vinny Letary. That's his grandfather and to get a chance in Minnesota with your grandfather on the call. Pretty awesome. There you go. That is a wrap on today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. But don't worry. We'll be back tomorrow to take you back around the NHL live every weekday at noon Eastern. Shout out to Botano, Wendy's, DoorDash, and our pal Stephen Ellis for swinging by. And everyone over on the YouTube, we'll chat with you again tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. 
it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.